The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stellwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Furfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of Schmitty Balls. She's Victoria Stillwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim my whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. Hello again. I just noticed how beautiful your red nails are. <gasps> you Look like at them? that. Thank you. Compared to my um, just being at a rescue shelter <laughs> nails that are just horrible and nasty and oh gross. You're Hi. so fine. Hello. These are old. This is just old nail polish. But oh yes, yeah. gosh, I want that. Hello. Um, we're celebrating. We are celebrating. Yes, we are. Congratulations. Happy anniversary. Thank you so much. What are we celebrating? We are celebrating (laughs) 10 years of It's Me or the Dog. I started filming It's Me or the Dog 10 years ago this month. 2005? Yes, it was. But in the U.S.? In the U.K. In the U.K.? Yes, because I came up with the idea... November 2004. Uh Uh-huh. So, uh, um, and then it took a while, so... Until we actually, you know, we made a video mm-hmm. and um, the producers loved it. Channel 4 loved it. And Channel 4 is one of the big networks in the UK. So, okay, make a very, very long story very short. I had just put my daughter to bed. She was about eight months old. And I sat down to watch the f- first episode, actually, the first American episode of The Super Nanny. Oh, right, and I remember right. watching the show and going, oh, my God, I do that with dogs. That's exactly the same approach that I have. Um, and so I thought, well, why don't I email the producers of the Super Nanny with my idea about a dog training show? I did. I ran down to my computer. I wrote the treatment. And you were still living in London? No, no, no. You I'm in here? New Jersey. Because oh. I moved to America in 99. Oh. And I was living in New York Mm-hmm. I lived in Manhattan, right, right. and then I lived in New Jersey, and okay. I had two training companies. I had one, Dog Trainers of New York in Manhattan, and Dog Trainers of New Jersey in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I've been living in the States now for six years. Mm-hmm. But as I'm watching the Super Nanny, the Super Nanny is made by a British production mm, company. Okay, I see. So that's why I email them my idea, and I'm thinking and praying and hoping. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I hope that they get in contact with me. Hope they like my idea. Well, I sent my idea on that night. The next morning, I get a call from the producers. Holy cow, that never happens. Yeah, that that doesn't. No. That, that does not happen. Um, and so after a lot of conversations, they say, make a video. We want to see what you do. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I worked with a great family in New Jersey, crazy as anything, but fabulous. Mm-hmm. And then we sent our video off. They loved the video, the production company, and then they showed it to Channel 4, which, of course, was the network. Mm-hmm. Channel 4 loved it. And then I was brought over in March to film the pilot episode. In London, So I was brought over from America to England to film the pilot episode in England. That's really fast. It takes it? years sometimes to go to exactly. with an idea. And then, really, by by now, by May, by May I, was, I started to film the first episode of wow. the first season. So the first four seasons were filmed in the UK. Mm-hmm. I remember because there's a couple that really stand out in my mind. That was Teddy, Teddy Pom Pom's people or not? No, it was the dog, bless his heart. I think it was a, 
it was a some kind of bull terrier and it kept humping everything and oh, you were bruised yes. and oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. I remember that. Yeah, he was, I've forgotten his name. Gosh, you see, it's been such a long time. Okay. Um, and then there was a woman was, with, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you up, but there was a woman with Great Danes or something. Was it Great Danes? They kept knocking her over on the sidewalk and she had to block out the wind, the windows of her car and yes. I thought, this woman is yes. in trouble. That was Jilly Johnson. She was used to be a sort of model in the 1970s. Uh-huh. Oh, I think we might be... Able to hear some of it. Is that the. Oh, this is my pilot. Crazy, huh? Oh my god, it's chaos. They need a super nanny too. What kind of dogs? Pit Mastiff Mix. Oh my god, and the kids were on No, Rhodesian Ridgeback, I think. Rottweiler, Rhodesian Ridgeback. Oh my god. The producer's showing us the, uh, the video now. So they had about. Oh my God, my blood pressure is going children. up just watching this video. Yeah, can you see it? The dog the actually dog just crawled through the window of the door. Yeah. So the glass had been gone for a long time. The dog's just used to crawling out of the door through the window. Now. Oh my God. And then they've got a cat. It, it was the most insane but most wonderful family in the world. Yeah, they have four children, two dogs, a cat, and mayhem. Oh my God. So anyway, that that was the program that sold it. That yeah. was a really good way to. Uh, Oh my god. It gosh. was. So it's been 10 years. So then so after four uh, seasons which took 2 years to film in mm-hmm. the in the UK in 2007 we came back to mm-hmm. America. Animal Planet picked up the British series. Mm-hmm. Did so well that I filmed another four seasons mm-hmm. with Animal Planet and um yeah. So yeah. we've done eight seasons and Amazing. over 110 episodes. It's in 100 countries around the world now. I've written three books. I'm on to my fourth book now. I'm just uh, starting to write my fourth book, and which will be out next year. It really has. I, I, who could have? Who, I couldn't believe it when I first started. Who could have believed that that it would happen like That's this? That's amazing. So the the moral of the story: just go with it. Try it. If you don't try, you don't know. And that's always what I've done. I mean, I'm very yeah. tenacious and I always come up with ideas and I'm quite creative. I'm not very organized, but I'm very creative. <laughs> but I'm also, so I'm a doer. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really what prompted me was that I did a lot of rescue work in Manhattan mm-hmm. and in New Jersey. And I was sick of the waste of life that I was seeing in the shelters. Mm-hmm. Um, the year before I got to Manhattan, in 1999 I was in Manhattan, but the year before, 1998, 67,000 dogs and cats went through the municipal shelter system of Manhattan mm-hmm. and the five boroughs. And out of that 67,000 dogs and cats, about 40,000 of those were euthanized. Wow. Terrible waste of life. So I wanted to be able to have something that would reach a lot of people, say, hey, spay and neuter, mm-hmm. be a responsible pet owner, train your dog humanely. Mm-hmm. It's me or the dog did that. I love that. That is amazing. And the, you can still see episodes today. I mean, online, you can get them on Amazon. You can, and I know that you're big in Poland. And um, <laughs> it's I know gone this everywhere. For a fact. I mean, <laughs> you do. <laughs> I do. Um, and uh, it's shown all everywhere. I mean, I know that because that's how you and I met. If people didn't know that, mm-hmm. you came to do an episode uh, of with my husband, Sean, and I and our dogs. And it was titled Monstrous Mutts. And uh, since then, we never look back. I know. It worked, though. I mean, it's not just for TV. You know, a lot of times you look at these, quote unquote, reality shows and, you know, half of them are BS and they're just all scripted, whatever. And people would say to me, oh, yeah, reality, air quotes. No, your show is it. it, it, There's nothing fake about that show. Your short show is reality because I was like, oh, surely they're not going to. Nope. Yep. You took. I mean, we had 
two days to work with our dogs and you guys came back to film and we were like, oh my God. And I thought, surely she's going to correct something. Nope. She let us sink and swim and it was amazing. So the cool thing is we would, you know, we would be seen all over because I would get a call from friends of mine in London going, we just saw you on TV here. And then somebody, um, apparently googled it and it was like in poland it was shown in polish and it had like a couple million hits or something our episode on youtube in polish yeah like just, it's no it's great i mean uh, the book's out in hungarian and finnish and german and um i think it was french as well uh, I, I don't know i lost count <laughs> um uh, yeah, and so and we have a we have a great trainer in Poland now. One of our Victoria Still Positivity trainers is is in Poland. Um, and I get well, we get emails from Africa, um, Estonia. I mean, just everywhere, Arabia. I mean, everywhere. <laughs> well, you know I what just, though? People who need help with their dogs. It's like you know. It, it's I not feel just very. Us. I just uh, you know, <laughs> of course, and I and I really do. It's been a labor of love. I I love doing it, but of course, it has a shelf life. You know, I. Was, I it was a long time and very successful for a show to go on for so many seasons. And it was a lot of work for you. I mean, I watched how hard yeah. you worked. It's it a, was lot a lot of hours. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And of course, yeah, we didn't fake stuff with that. No. That's, I didn't. And I also wanted to tell people, hey, look, even though you're watching a half an hour show or sometimes for some of the shows, it was an, it hour. Was an hour. It was an hour here and we did half an hour in Britain. Um, you know, <clears throat> some your, your dog, it's not going to just happen like that. No. If some things happen very fast, but uh, if your dog's got an anxiety problem or something, it's going to take a little while longer. So um, I really wanted to tell people that even though you're watching the show, don't think it's just, you know, it's going to happen with in your an dog hour. in yeah. two seconds. Because we filmed over, what, three weeks? It was three weeks. And even yeah. then, we were still working on mm -hmm. stuff. But yeah. 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 So I feel very fortunate. It's been a great run. And now there's going to be something else in the works. Can you tell us? Or is it a to-be-announced to be announced. Okay, good. Well, I'm going to make a note of this right here. When can you tell us? Maybe in a couple podcasts? Maybe in a few podcasts time. All right. Okay. I'm going to remember that. Oh, I love that. I ooh, love suspense. Ooh, ooh. Can I tell you what happened to me last week? What? Please do. Um, I'm changing the subject a little bit. That's okay. Go ahead. All right. This We're a little really irritates me. And, and it's so dangerous. I went into Whole Foods the other mm -hmm. day. And I came out, and there was this car park next to me, and it had two dogs inside. One was a Bernese Mountain Dog, Ooh, and the other dogs. one was like a Shih Tzu Terrier mix. And it's 70 degrees outside. The car is in hot sun. Mm -hmm. The windows are cracked open, but the dogs are in there. How much were the windows cracked open? Probably not much, because that Shih Tzu's not, little. Not so. much. But they were cracked open, all of them, and the and the the, the little sunroof was open as well, mm -hmm. so there was air in the car. Mm -hmm. However, the the Bernie's Mountain Dog was panting, mm -hmm. panting, panting. So I thought, well, I'm just going to wait here. You know, maybe she's just popped in for three minutes or five minutes. Maybe she has. Ten minutes later, still hasn't come out. And there's a lot of stores, so I don't know which store that this person's mm -hmm. gone in. And in fact, I, I wouldn't suggest people do this, but I stuck my hand into the car. The dogs were relatively friendly, and I did it in the front seat. They were in the back seat. It was hot in mm -hmm. there. Oh, I would imagine. Um, Eric can get in, but it's minutes, not circulating. 20 minutes later, she comes back with her kid. Wow. And I say, ma'am, your dogs have been in... I've called the police, by the way. Oh, good. I I've was going to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they didn't come. You Let me just tell you that they didn't come. Why not? Because they, they say? 
that's very low priority for them. Of course, right? <laughs> very low priority. Well, here's for the most deal. police forces. Listen to me. Listen to me crashing through the glass in this car and vandalizing, vandalizing yeah, right. it. How which fast is, can you get here? Which, and, and it was a, it was a woman with her daughter, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Well, we just." She said, "My dogs are fine." I went, "Actually, no, they're not. Your dog is overheating here. He's very, very hot. He's panting. It's a raspy pant." Told her who I was. Oh yes, I watch your show. Blah blah blah. I said, "Well, now you know then I'm, what I'm talking about." Mm-hmm. And um, and she said, "Well, we just we had to go, and my daughter had to go to the bathroom." And I was like, but she's got these huge bags that she's come out of the store with. So I said, oh, and obviously you did some shopping too. Right. So she tried to kind of say, my dogs are fine and you don't need to be telling me Mm -hmm. this. But then she did kind of backpedal and go, yeah, yeah, I know. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. And I said, look, she was gone for 20 minutes, right? And let me just tell you, if you go on the the AVMA, which is the American Veterinary Medical Association, you type in hot cars, you'll see the... um, Estimated vehicle interior air temperature versus elapsed time. And if it's an outside temperature of 70 degrees, mm-hmm. okay, remember the car's in the sun, no shade. <clears throat> in about 10 minutes, the car heats up to about 89 wow. degrees. In 20 minutes, it's 99 degrees. Holy that car smokes. was probably about 99 degrees. And um, that's why, please, don't leave yeah. your dog in a car like mm-hmm. that. If you've got to go to the store, leave your dogs at home. Leave your dogs where there's air conditioning or where they're going to be cool. Um, you know, there's a lot of great campaigns. There's um, Don't cool, don't Cook Your Dog campaign. There's a load of great information mm-hmm. on various websites. Um, and did you hear the story about the cop that made the woman? Yeah, and I love that story. So if, in case you don't know it, um, was it in St. Louis or somewhere, Kansas? I can't remember where it was. But... Um, I Police think it was op- in Ohio. Or Maybe like somewhere that. in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Strongsville, woman, Ohio. There you go. Woman left her dog in the car and the police got so mad, made her sit in a hot car and see how she likes it. And the whole point is, yeah, that's exactly it. And I think it goes, it's, you know, I think it, it's a smart, and this is just me on my little, on my little soapbox, but it's just rule of thumb of anything. Don't use a choke collar. Would you want to be choked or a prong collar? Would you want to be pronged or a shock collar? Would you want to be shocked or would you do that to your child? Don't do it. Would you want to be sitting in a hot car for a toy? Don't do it. Just use common sense. But here's the deal. People leave their kids in hot cars. Which is... In 2014, mm-hmm. 25 mm-hmm. children confirmed to have died from heat stroke after being left in a hot car in the United States. Which is 25. crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. And I will tell you this. For the record, if you are in the Atlanta area and you have locked your dog in a hot car, I will break the window. So will I. Yeah. And I have no qualms about it. And you know what? If the police find me and ticket me, great. But I saved your dog, you right. know, and exactly. I will do. So. But then does that dog deserve to stay with that person? Anyway, the woman, she told um, the news the station that the officer was abusive mm-hmm. and, um, and that she felt sort of violated by... She, you know, she said she felt merely uncomfortable when she was sitting in the oh, car. Oh, really? Uncomfortable. But she sort of felt violated by this officer who well, made hang on a second, that. Though. Did he make her put on a fur coat? Yeah, right. Because then that would be a real true. Whatever. Yeah. And in fact, Red Rover, who I love because I support mm-hmm. them. They're a great, um, great organization that helps animals in emergency situations. Um, they said this. They said, um, what f- feels merely uncomfortable to an adult human could be deadly for a pet or right. a child. Dogs are more vulnerable in high temperatures than people because they can only cool down through the pads of their feet or by panting. Mm-hmm. So mostly it's by panting. 
Mm-hmm. Really, they sweat through their feet, but panting is what releases, according to Red Rover, a nonprofit dedicated to helping animals in crisis. Um, they're right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, and here's the thing: I, I would, I would uh, applaud anybody who rescued a dog in a car by any means. That's just what I'm saying. Not that I want to be, um, you know, party to it. But okay, so now I'm going to take another left turn um, to change the subject again, only because. Um, one of my dogs, Barnsley, is, uh, he's a beautiful, sweet dog, but he has a little anxiety. He's a little reactive. Sometimes he can be a little dog aggressive. We go for walks, he'll chase a car. Or now it became like a bicycle, a kid on a bicycle, and he would bark and go nuts. And he, it's more scary. It's not like he's, you know, he will kind of lunge, but he's not going to do anything. You never know, though. But I have a good grip on him. But, you know, it's more just sounds terrible and scary to my neighbors. So we'd been working with him. We, you know, you had helped us giving us some tips and that was working. And at one point we put him on even some medication and just to get the situation under control and things are looking up. We were able to take him off the medication recently and I've been working with him. We go for walks. He'll see a bicycle. And one of the things, for instance, you told me to do was get his attention and have him look at me and distract him. And he will now sometimes do it. And I make him sit and I stand next to him because I think it's all insecurity where I get myself in between him and the car that's going by and we stop our walk and I get him into a safe place and it's all happy now and I love it. Um, But he does have his moments when he has anxiety and he, you know, will just get onto a tear where, you know, he'll see people outside and he goes nuts and he starts barking and then it escalates and he can't stop himself. So we're still having a little bit of an issue there. It's a little better, but um, we're working on it. But I know there's help. There is help. And I I swear by this, um, by Adaptil. Um, I need to try this. Perfect for Barnsley would be the collar. And, you know, Adaptil um, uses, that's the whole idea of pheromones. After a mother is given birth, you know, she exudes Mm -hmm. pheromones um, that comfort her puppies. And this is, this is that, this is the idea behind Adaptil. And um, basically it's a chemical copy of the dog appeasing pheromone which is released by the mother dog from her mammary area after the puppy's birth. And it's involved in the attachment process between mother and her offspring. Oh, I see. So it's a really comforting message, you know, that provides a strong security for puppies. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I'm, I'm even more excited today is because we have Dr. Valerie Tynes, who's the vet behaviorist for SIVA. Oh, good. Um, SIVA Make Adaptil. Okay. And she is going to be our guest today. Oh, good. Well, let's get her on the phone. The Positively Hotline is ringing. We don't know what we're going to do. We have no plan. We're just here. Who's calling in this week? He went after her like she's made out of ham. That is interesting. That's exciting. Um, is somebody going to answer that? Hello? Hotline ringing. You're on your phone, and I don't think you're taking any of this seriously. Into the phone! Ladies and gentlemen, let's go! Dr. Tynes, it is wonderful to have you on. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. And we're very excited. Holly here is very excited yes. because... Um, You're speaking my language. Yeah, we'll be talking all about Adaptil today. And uh, she has quite a reactive um, dog, Barnsley, who I've worked with before. Um, and he has a few issues, especially outside, uh, which I, I do think the the root of that is fear. And I do think mm-hmm. that he will benefit from um, uh, the, the collar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really do think that that's going to be something that 
Holly yeah. should try. So she's gonna she's gonna go out and get one. Yeah. So stat to let you um, know. Yeah, my dog. It's a he's a black and tan coonhound mutt, like a rescue, and he's about 75 pounds. So he's a big dog, and going on walks. Very reactive, very tense. Chases cars, barks at people, bicycles. And towards the end of the walk, when he gets tired, he'll slow down a little bit. It's not as reactive, but it's so stressful for me, and it's stressful for him. And and maybe I should just, just come in here just before it to say that you are a, a veterinary behaviorist, and um, you work alongside um, with SIVA uh, and are sort of highly knowledgeable about pheromones the role of pheromones and about adaptal and that's why we wanted to have you on today because you know i don't i i adaptal is sponsoring um ask victoria which we're we're very proud to to have them as sponsors but i don't take on any sponsors for for podcasts or anything that i do i have to really like a product um before before i have a relationship with anybody and 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 I really do. And I've used Adaptil a lot for actually for many years, part of my my sort of my toolbox, as it were. Um, and I've really found that it's helped. So, um, Dr. Tynes, we're so pleased to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about the work that you've done with Adaptil, what pheromones are? I know this is a lot of questions. <laughs> what pheromones and, are? And will Barnsley be okay? <laughs> Fire away. <laughs> That's right. That's a, that's a lot to that's a lot to include. Well, I mean, just say as you've already said, I'm I'm a veterinary behaviorist. Uh, for many years, I've been involved in clinical practice as a veterinary behaviorist, trying to help people with their pets with behavior problems. And only in the last six months or so have I been working with SIVA. And uh, it's my great joy to be able to represent SIVA and travel the country and speak to veterinarians and try to educate more veterinarians about how to help their clients help their pets with behavioral problems. And obviously, as a part of that, I'm trying to educate veterinarians about pheromones and how pheromones work. So pheromones are species-specific chemical messages, okay? There are messengers that animals produce, usually with the intention of changing the behavior somehow of another individual of their species. And, you know, that sounds pretty simple. That's probably a lot more complicated than that that we don't have time to get into. And obviously, there's probably a lot of things about pheromones that we don't know. But what we do know is that SIVA has produced these synthetic analog of certain pheromones that we are very familiar with, uh, and one of them is a dactyl, and it is a synthetic analog of a pheromone called the canine appeasing pheromone. And this pheromone is a pheromone that's produced by the mother dog when she's nursing her puppies, and it has a soothing or calming effect on the puppies. It helps uh, to make the dogs probably feel very much more safe about their environment. And the research that's been done on this product shows that it helps dogs feel less anxious, less stressed, less fearful in a variety of different situations. And, you know, people have said that um, you know, there are the critics. There are critics who say, oh, this, this doesn't work. This is ridiculous. Um, 
uh, I've used it and it doesn't work. And um, but <laughs> trainers like myself, you know, we deal a lot of dogs with anxiety issues, a lot of dogs with stress problems, um, and you know, we we rely on it a lot because it's yet something else that can help these dogs become less anxious, become less stressed. And of course, we use behavioral therapy, we use a whole lot of different techniques. But I do think that it's important that we um, use what is available that is is of huge benefit. And exactly. and that's why for me, that's why for me, Adaptil has been so important in helping so many dogs because, you know, you've seen on, on It's Me or the Dog on my show, I'm dealing with some very stressed out animals. Yeah. And I've seen great results from it. So, um, you know, Holly, maybe know. it's going to help Barnes. How, how does it work with the collar? So can, can you tell me a little bit about more about the collar and that sort of mechanism? Well, the collar is simply a, a product that has been impregnated with the pheromones. It's been treated in such a way that the body heat of the dog causes this slow um, release of the adaptal, the, the canine appeasing pheromone, from the collar once the dog begins wearing it. And it just has this slow, steady release for about 30 days. Uh, so that the pheromone, and one of the reasons why I really like the collar, is that that dog takes that pheromone with it everywhere it goes, uh, and the pheromone is right here around the dog's face, hopefully where it's perceiving the pheromone all the time. And again, it's acting to help the dog feel safer in the environment that it's in, wherever it goes. So when, first of all, you know, a lot of people may think like, oh my gosh, it's a pheromone, it's a chemical. It's, is it harmful to the dog or is it completely safe? That's the, the beauty of pheromones. It's a product that the dog perceives very similarly to the way it would perceive a smell. Uh-huh. So it takes it in rather than through its nose, uh, through a, the vomer nasal organ, which is an organ that opens up into the roof from the roof of the dog's mouth. And it triggers neurons that go directly to the brain, but the neurons aren't the, the, the chemicals don't go directly into the bloodstream like a drug would that the animal consumes or that you inject into the animal. They trigger the neuron, and then they're gone. So completely so safe. It's, it's very, very safe. I've never known this product to cause an unpleasant reaction in a dog. It either doesn't have much of an effect or it has a helpful effect. And what about, you know... And again, that is the beauty of it. And it, and it calms a dog down. So my next question would be, does it change a dog's personality? Would it kind of zone them out? You know how sometimes... Not, not at all. Great. Not at all. Because, again, I, I, the way I tell people to look at a pheromone is really like any other tool in our toolbox that we use to work towards behavior change. And like any tool, it isn't going to do the entire job. It's going to help us. And you've already mentioned, you know, rightly so, that, you know, every problem, behavior that you work with needs to be treated with a complete plan that includes appropriate behavior modification. Like the, the, the pheromone hopefully 
helps to put the dog in a state of mind where it can learn the thing mm. it, it needs to learn. If we were swamping the dog out with a, a chemical such as a, a sedative or tranquilizer, then it couldn't learn, correct? Where right. the pheromone doesn't have that kind of effect. Hopefully, like you said, it helps calm the dog. We hope it helps it feel safer, less anxious, less fearful. An animal that's fearing for its safety isn't in a state of mind to learn. Right. And we need these dogs to be able to learn. And the beauty of this is as well, I've also used um, the diffuser, for example, in multi-dog households where there might be issues between dogs, the fighting dogs or their disagreements, or if I'm introducing a dog into the household for the first time, um, I'll, I'll have had the diffuser there for a few days before I bring the dog in. Actually, I, I normally do it for a week before I bring the dog in. I, I don't know if that's right or not, but um, I seem to like to, to have it there for a while before I bring the new dog in. And I found that, again, when I use that, um, and again, I just plug it in and leave it there. And remember, we can't smell. We can't smell this, so it's oh. not like you're. It's not like you're going to smell it all over your home. You and can't it doesn't smell affect it. us, does no, it? No, it uh, well, like the way it affects. Not the that dog. I know of. Um, but I've, I've really found that it's helped in multi-dog households too. Have you heard that? Right. Yes, I think that's another excellent way to use the pheromone. Uh, if you don't want to put a collar on every dog put a diffuser in the household and again I find it very useful at you know sort of decreasing overall stress that might be occurring because of some change in the environment but a change in the environment could be moving could be adding a dog uh, anything like that and and you can certainly see some some helpfulness with the, the presence of the diffusers absolutely yeah does it affect cats in the same way as a dog, so if you had animal uh, a household with cats as well, could it help? Well, and that's an, another beauty of pheromones because they're species specific and they are odorless. So the canine pheromone is not going to affect us. We don't notice it. Mm. It's not going to affect the cat. I see. If you have a cat and you want something to help them, we have feel away, ah. which is a feline pheromone. And you can use the feel away and the adaptal in the same home. Hmm. And it's unlikely that the dog is going to be affected by the feel away, just as it's unlikely that the cat is going to be really affected by the adaptal. Maybe they can perceive this other pheromone. We can't say that they don't, but we know that it doesn't appear. It's unlikely that it affects mm-hmm. their behavior in any way because, like I said, these are species specific messengers. Another way I like to use it is for traveling. So if I'm getting, if I need to use a crate, for example, um, uh, and I will either use wipes in the crate or um, I will spray about, I like to do it about 15, 20 minutes before putting the dog in the crate. Um, again, I hope I'm doing that that right Um is before traveling. Mm-hmm. So if I've got a dog that's stressed out in the car or doesn't like traveling or we're going somewhere, I like to use it like that as well so I, I and that's what i think it's so kind of this multifunctional yeah um and the fact yeah, yeah. there's feel away for cats too can can you yeah, can you can you develop one for my husband <laughs> <laughs> i have 
people asking me that all the time. <laughs> we might be onto something here. <laughs> there, there may be someone working on that right now as we speak. I don't know. Unfortunately, we don't have that product yet. I had people really suggest that we need one for teenagers. Oh. oh. <laughs> My daughter's 11 years old. A couple of years' time, she's going to be a teenager. I'm going to be, I'm going to be spraying line. that, spraying the whole house. Yeah, with uh, with good pheromones. But um, Dr. Tynes, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for enlightening both of us. Interesting, um, yes. Uh, and you are so welcome. Thank you. You know, um, and we'd actually, you know, th- there's a lot of questions that that I'd like to ask you as a trainer. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just saying to the to the to the general viewers or the general listeners here. As a trainer, I like to. Um, if there's something where I need a veterinary behaviorist help, I will always contact a veterinary behaviorist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I rely a lot on veterinary behaviorists as well for their knowledge and their skills. So um, I would encourage other people to do the same um, and because there's a wealth of information. And we don't know it all, so we need to have help. And so thank you so much for for Dr. Tynes for joining us. And we hope we'd love to have you on the show again. Thank you so much. I'd be happy to do it again. Thank you. Good to meet you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. What are you doing? Uh, I'm online right now because I'm going to go buy some of the stuff. That sounds like a miracle cure. I, I'm really excited about this, so I'm online right now. I feel like my problem has been solved. Thank you. And speaking of solving problems, why don't we get to other people's problems and have you solve those as well? Hey, you got something on your mind? What are you, a wizarding genius? How do they make a miniature? I mean, is there some way, some process they they physically miniaturize the dog, or is it a puppy, or what, what the devil is going on? That's a really good question. I've got my work cut out for me here. Next time you want to know something, can you repeat the yes. question? Why don't you ask Victoria? She's the expert with this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, you obviously don't dog. know my dog. Just ask Victoria. And the first question we're going to ask you, Victoria, actually just relates to the topic we were talking about with Dr. Tynes. Um, It's from Christine in Norfolk in the UK, not Virginia. She says, we have a five and a half month old Dandy Dinmont Terrier puppy. First of all, I've never heard of that breed before. Actually, they're they're quite, um, they're a breed that is, used to be very popular in the UK, but now they're kind of a dying breed they really, really are my grandmother when she got married she had a dandy dimnon called tuggy <laughs> and she, tuggy is pictured in my grandmother's wedding photo mm-hmm. in the 1930s sitting on the end of her train that's the wow. wedding photo it's a little dog there. It's a, so it's a little dog yeah little well bigger than a shih tzu um <laughs> Kind That's of, going to be in the new game we yeah. play in the car instead of bigger than a bed, bigger than a bread box. Is it bigger um, than a Shih Tzu? Yeah, it is. What I say, but it's a very specific big name for a little dog. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, <laughs> okay. carry on. Sorry, I'll look it up. Uh, anyway, so this puppy is frightened of going outside and has started to bark, growl, and sometimes lunge at even the sight or sound of people and other dogs. Mm-hmm. I know it's fear-related because he's so timid. He's fine with our other dog at home. We've tried to expose him to experiences such as puppy classes and going to different places, but he just can't cope. Please help. Oh, sweetheart. He's pretty... He's little. Sounds like he's just... He is terrified. And you know, I always like... I mean, they've got another dog, so I wonder if they walk him with the other dog. 
because sometimes that can be that empowering. Can be free, exactly. And it can bring that the, the fearful dog security when they see the other dog being calm. And then, okay, well, that other dog's being calm, so there's obviously no threat here. Mm-hmm. So um, if you can walk... If you're walking with the other dog and your other dog is reacting, that's an it. That's the the issue. Oh, okay. So you Learning. need to separate them and walk both separately whilst you deal with their reactivity. But if the other dog is calm, yet the other the the little dog, the Danny Dimnon, is still reacting, then this is a fear issue that needs to be addressed. Um, you know, again, I like to use complementary therapies. And Adaptal is one of them because, right. you know, dogs get anxious and stressed just mm-hmm. like humans. Um, and they don't always express it in the same uh, same way mm-hmm. um, or in the best way, I should say, which obviously this dog is doing. Um, I think what happens with owners or guardians, they get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And anxious themselves. Of course. Uh-huh. And they don't always barking, the lunging, they don't always deal with it in the best kind of way. So you'll find that people might tell their dogs off. Yeah, and your natural reaction is to yank the dog back from lunging. and it's. So what are you teaching your dog? You're teaching your dog to actually become more fearful and more stressed because whenever he sees something that threatens, he perceives as a threat, something negative happens to him. Mm. So now he's making an association. Not only is that thing scary, something bad happens to him. That's why I'm so against punishment Mm -hmm. for this kind of behavior because it just serves to make the dog more anxious, more reactive. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some people that will punish so much that it actually suppresses the behavior so that the dog doesn't react. Dog still feels the same inside, but because the behavior, the expression of behavior has been punished so much, now the dog's suppressing it because now he's scared of the owner. Mm. What the owner's going to do to him. Right. Because now it's excessive. And so then the owner might think, oh, dog's cured, not reacting anymore. Uh-uh-uh. You've just suppressed behavior. You haven't truly changed it. So complementary therapies, definitely adaptal. Get an adaptal collar, put it around your dog, see how that, see how that works. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work with all dogs, but it does work with a lot of dogs. Mm-hmm. And don't just rely on, on a complementary therapy, though, mm-hmm. because I, I I really like to do teaching the dog as well, giving the dog coping skills. Mm-hmm. That that's, that's what dogs need. So, for example, if you've got a person that the dog is threatened by, whenever the dog sees that person, wonderful things happen to that dog. So no longer punishment, but now praise, now, now food, now game, now toys. Um, and... The whole idea that if you try to comfort your dog when your dog is reacting, mm-hmm. you're going to re- reinforce that reactivity, that we don't buy that anymore. That's actually not true. Be there as your dog's security blanket. Put an arm on your dog. Talk to your dog. Tell your dog what a, what a good boy he is. Be that security blanket. Be that attachment to your dog because that's going to go a long way in making him feel more confident. So... Um, but remember, Adaptil is clinically proven to reduce stress or eliminate stress-related behaviors because it mimics the natural pheromones, as I talked about, the pets used to communicate. And it's got a calming effect on your dog. So, And it's available in a collar or a diffuser or a spray or wipes to help your dog calm. 
Um, and if you want to find out more about Adopt Adaptil, then please check them out at adaptilus.com. But I would say she should utilize that and definitely get help of a trainer. Mm-hmm. Check out if there's a VS, VSPDT, a Victoria Still Positive Dog Trainer, in your area. And if you go to positive.com slash trainers, trainers yeah. you'll hopefully there'll be one that can help her. And it's a puppy, so it's still learning. So now's a good time to do it, I would imagine, while they're starting to pick up before a bad behavior becomes the norm yeah. for this dog. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Here's a question, and it's from Nancy in Illinois, which is my mom's name and where she lives. <laughs> but I don't think you sure this is not your mother? I know, because here's how it starts. What is the best way to get a dog to quit trying to chew on the corners of furniture and fabrics? <gasps> well, that's exactly what my dog Cashmere did, but... Her dog is 10 weeks old, and unless she got mm-hmm. a new dog, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're trying to break him from this, but it's difficult. He also likes to nip at us. We have plenty of toys, etc. This is our third Vigla in 18 years. So we've been here before, but forgot the puppy days. Yes. So I know this very well. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> and I can tell you yes. one thing, Nancy, this is going to work. It worked for me. Well, there's a number of things you can do. <laughs> 10 weeks old, puppies, you know... Still going to be very mouthy and going to be yeah. needing to chew because that's the way they discover the world around them. And that's the way that they relieve when they, they start to lose their teeth. They relieve that pressure on that on that mouth and, and the sort of maybe the sore gums. But right now at 10 weeks old, this is the way he's discovering his world. So everything's mm-hmm. going to be chewed. Like a baby does. They put everything in their mouth. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you provide with puppy appropriate toys so that you redirect the chewing onto something more appropriate. And I say puppy appropriate because you don't want to give toys that are too hard on puppies' teeth. So Mm -hmm. they're going to hurt their teeth. Um, But I think the key here is management. Don't Mm -hmm. give the puppy access to corners, Mm -hmm. to furniture. Mm -hmm. And that means that you have to create a safe zone for your pup. Whether that be a crate where your puppy can be in and and be happy in. Or whether that is a, um, a pen. Mm-hmm. Or whether it's behind a baby gate in a room where um, he can't get to various bits of furniture mm-hmm. or something that, you know. He would chew on. Exactly. Yeah. I think that would work, too. And uh, also, too, is it one of the things that you um, had taught Kashmir was leave it. Is 10 weeks old too soon to learn you leave can, it? Or you can, can you start it? Um, you can. And, again, the the whole idea of leave it is not leave it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, I do that, though. I'm yeah, and of course, <laughs> everybody does. When you're teaching a puppy, it's it's leave it should be a, a positive mm-hmm. action. Um, so when you're asking puppy, hey, leave it, leave it, and you just teach them in a really positive way. So it's not something that's bad. It's something that, oh, she said leave it. Okay, so something better is going to come to me, or I'm going to get praise, or I'm going to get some kind of reward. That's how I teach it. With cashmere, of course, we did it in a different way mm-hmm. because she's chewing when you're not in the house. Right. She's an adult dog. So that's when we set up cameras and we could spy really on her. <laughs> and then we had a, we basically, I could talk to her yeah. as like the voice of God. And he was, she was like, God, well, she was in the house. And, yeah, <laughs> she had no idea. She thought everybody was out. That's she had right. no idea that we were watching her. She had and then when she started to go... It was like 60 seconds said, after we walked out of it. the house. She, she immediately did it. But I will tell you that it still works to this day. I say, leave it. She looks at me and is like, oh, sorry, and walks away. Yeah. It still works. I, st- I really, truly believe, you know, you don't have to punish these old dogs. Just give them feedback. What's right and, and what, you, what it's not acceptable. You know, people say it's bad behavior. 
Yes, it is in our world, but it's mm-hmm. just behavior. Really, at the end of the day, for the dog. Right. Okay, uh, let's do one more. And this is from Susan in Pennsylvania. And she says she has a two-year-old, Emmy, who's a hound pointer mix, about 45 pounds, and a 17-year-old beagle, Molly. She says, how do I keep Emmy from badgering Molly, so the young one's badgering the old one, when she tries to get near me? She pushes and comes between me and Molly. She's bullying. And she's also looking for a harness to keep Emmy from pulling on a walk. And she said, you recommended one on your show. She just can't remember. Uh, yeah, if you want the harness, you go to the Positively No Pull Harness. You can go to our Positively.com. You can go to the store there, and you'll see the Positively No Pull Harness. I love it mm-hmm. because it's just it's safer for your dog, and it fits really nicely around the body. You it's can easier to control them too. It is, and it's 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 a harness that's led by the chest, mm-hmm. not the back. The chest. It's mm-hmm. got it's got a, a little hook in the back too, or um, a ring on the back too. But by attaching the leash to the chest, you can really guide your dog easily without pressure on that neck mm-hmm. so that's what i advise you to get um okay so let's just the young dog see. who's two i think this is a question of the older dog really has to come first mm-hmm. and um i think it's a question when the younger dog sort of pushes in that she just gets up and walks away just mm-hmm. do it with body language. You don't have to say anything. Just mm-hmm. get up and walk away. She has, the younger dog's got to learn to share. The younger dog's got to say, okay, it's all right. If she gets attention, the, the older dog gets attention, I will get my attention. It's, it's kind of more needy behavior, maybe a little jealousy. Mm-hmm. Do believe dogs do get jealous. Um, so she could either just sort of get up and walk away um, or she could separate and have a bit of old dog time and then young dog time, she could teach them to share. So what I do is I have both dogs, either they're sitting or they're standing or they're lying down. I don't care as long as they're comfortable. And as I'm stroking one dog, I tell the other dog to stay good. And I say the dog's name, this is Jasmine's time. Mm -hmm. And then after I'm done with Jasmine, I'll go over to Sadie, say to the other dog and go Sadie's time. So when I say that, both dogs know <laughs> I have that to wait. I have to wait. And they know their time's coming. Yep. And it's like a positive that. thing, too. It's, works, it's like with children, too. You yeah, know, it's just, just learning to kind of share, but share the person. You'll get it, but mm-hmm. you just got to sort of control yourself a little bit. I, I find it works really well. Awesome. Well, good to know. I've taken copious notes on all of this. And by the way, if you guys have any questions uh, that you want to send to Victoria and ask her, um, you can send our questions to Positively.com slash Ask Victoria. And thank you, Adaptal, for sponsoring Ask Victoria. We love you. And um, yep, if you want to have any more information, please go to AdaptalUS.com. All right. I guess we will see you next podcast. We talked a lot. (laughs) We did, but hey, it's um, fine. And again, happy anniversary. I think it's time for cake. I love cake. Let's have cake.